1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6
0: on
2: 630 Chad. At center ice, it's Connor McDavid. He's got Darrell Walker and he's got some room down the sidelines. McDavid to Everly dishes off one time
3: to the 30, 20, 10, 5 star. Touchdown Eskimos.
1: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins
2: on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. The greatest basketball player in Canadian history is on the show tonight. You'll hear from Steve Nash in about an hour. But first, the Edmonton Oilers off to Buffalo. They play the Sabres tomorrow to open up a three-game road trip. Hey, Connor McDavid's okay. Had to miss the last six and a half minutes of the second period last night. Removed from the game by the NHL's concussion spotter. That's new to the NHL this season. Second time it has affected an Edmonton Oiler. Jonas Gustafson was pulled out of the first game against Buffalo back in October. And that certainly has a lot of people talking about this new protocol, the new procedure. Thanks for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. It's 6.07. And we're going to dive right in with our first guest tonight who uh, knows all about dealing with concussions. It's former Edmonton Oiler, played 320 games in the NHL as a defenseman, Brad Warenka. Brad, welcome to the show. You're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you, uh, you getting back to me and being willing to come on the show today. But first of all, let let fans know what, what you're doing. Are you, are you, uh, are you traveling with a, with a team right now? What's going on?
1: Yes, we're traveling with um, helping coach my son's major A team, and we were at a tournament in Blaine where we went 4-1, and one, and unfortunately the 1 was the, our final game, but the kids had a real good weekend and played real well. So now we're just on the long road back.
2: Alright, which uh, which Midget AAA
1: team is it? Uh, it's IHA out of, uh, we play at a Canadian Olympic Park. It's a high school program that plays out of the CSSHL.
2: Right, awesome stuff. How, how do you enjoy being a coach and, and maybe just even more fun than the coaching angle, just being around players at that age and that stage in their lives and careers?
1: Oh, you love it. It's great to relive it because you went through all the good stuff and the bad stuff and you managed to you know, fight through real well at times and other times struggle. So anytime we can be in those situations and help the kids manage it better and improve and accelerate their progress, it's uh, it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, great stuff. Well, Brad, you know what we want to we wanna talk about, and, uh, you know, I, this, probably some of this might, might be tough for you to, to recount, but uh, just remind fans here, I mean, you played your last game in the NHL in 2001, Um, But just give fans a sense of how concussions affected you and some of the issues you had to to deal with as a player.
1: Well, you mean people didn't know exactly what concussions were at the time. You mean the education has come so far, and we still got so far to go. But uh, you mean I finally got to a a point, or at least one hit, took in a game, and then the next day uh, tried to skate for morning skate, and uh, and I had significant symptoms that came back from the headaches that occurred the night before so at that point when you start exercising your blood pressure goes up and you're not able to um to kind of survive symptom free and you've got uh headaches and dizziness and don't feel right and uh, that's when it starts becoming an issue you mean it can have concussions but if they go away quickly then it's not as much of a problem and it took me uh, probably a year and a half to kind of get to a point where I was functioning somewhat normally and then another uh, year to a year and a half to to feel normal and get back and working out and stuff. so it's uh, it's not much it's not a very fun road
2: wow so so three years of of basically after effects that's that's incredible. Do, do you have any idea of how many concussions you might have suffered in your career or was it just a couple near the end that really hurt you?
1: Well, you sit down with the, I mean, you go to the foremost experts. We're lucky you get good treatment. We have access, access to the uh, to the best doctors in the world. And then you sit down with them, and they start asking you how many concussions you have. And you said, well, just this one. And they said, okay, let's chat a little bit further. And they say, how many times have you been hit where you've had headaches? And then you start recounting those times, and they say, well, how long have those headaches lasted at times? And you say, well, maybe for two weeks, three weeks, a month at times that you've had continuous headaches and they say well those are all concussions and then all of a sudden your past starts to look a lot more clear as far as how many concussions you've had so uh, depending on how you define the severity of or whatever a concussion is there was multiple times in the past where uh, where I had what the doctor would have considered a concussion but maybe uh, as the players and and the just the, the industry wouldn't have considered a concussion at
2: the time. Well, right, and you, I mean, you clearly, as you mentioned, the perception has changed. The ability to diagnose has, has changed. I mean, do you look back and say, "Man, I can't believe I played after this happened," or "I can't believe I was playing," or "Or I can't believe hockey was so uh, ignorant about what was going on."
1: Well, yeah, it's it. I mean, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but. I mean everything. You, this, we're applauded. Hockey players are probably as much as any sport to be able to play through things and to fight through injuries and to battle through. You mean the the media makes a big deal out of that stuff, and the players in the locker room make a big deal out of that stuff, particularly when it's uh, associated with championship seasons. Uh, but it's really tough to, you know, at the time when you're uh, when you're going through it, if you don't understand, and the people, the industry doesn't understand, then then it's really tough to be able to, you know, pull yourself out and say. Uh, you know this is this is not good. I don't feel good until it gets to a point where you can't manage it. And I think uh, the ability to identify that, or for somebody to identify it for you, quick enough, is the key to you being able to you know to get better quickly.
2: Brad Warenka joining us on Inside Sports. Um, we were talking about this last night after the game. I I, uh, I do the Oilers post game show with with Rob Brown, who is a, a teammate of yours uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, he was talking about some of the, the baseline testing that they have. So then if you do take a blow to the head, they have a, a comparison. When you were playing, was there that, that baseline testing?
1: Yeah, we did have baseline testing. You know, the challenge with the baseline testing, and, and I'm not entirely familiar with it now, but the challenge is it it's for the obvious hits where the guy's really concussed. A doctor or trainer can look at you and your eyes your pupils are dilated and you probably don't know what day of the week it is you don't know what's going on those guys that are marginally concussed when you go through that testing that protocol very often it doesn't identify that so that's the problem i think with uh with the baseline testing that just by looking at a guy the obvious ones are easy to identify but those marginal ones often aren't picked up by that baseline testing stuff
2: Okay, I got gotcha. you, Brad. Uh, and I, you know, reference that you've been traveling with your son's team, but certainly you're aware of what happened with, with Connor McDavid last night. You know, you're someone who was affected by concussions. What do you? What's your take on the 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 spotter? You know, taking a player out of the game. I mean, whether it's McDavid or not, it's going to get more headlines now because it is McDavid. But do you think that's valuable? Do you think that can work? Do you wish you would have had that? How do you feel about the role of the spotter?
1: Uh, well, I think it begs two questions. Number one is, I mean, there's two sides to that. There's the, the safety side of the player, and there's the liability side. So, you know, if we talk about the safety side of the player, the question is, and whoever you're asking it to, the player, the team, the, his parents, the league, uh, how far do we want to go to protect this player and to make sure there's absolutely no risk? So I think we can imagine creating a scenario where there'll be absolutely no risk to that player at all. And... Somewhere along that dial is the acceptable spot. Now, I mean maybe uh the way the concussion protocol is set up now or the spotter, they may miss one out of a hundred. Uh, you know, but if as, as we intensify it or make it, then maybe you'll miss less, but at what cost? I mean Connor missed the you know, a key part of the game in the second period, so we wanna, you know, accelerate that to the playoffs, and if that was a you know, deciding game in the playoffs, how outraged do you think? The Oilers are going to be in the league's going to be particularly if uh, you know they hit as as innocuous as you know. I actually didn't see the hit, but from all reports, I heard it wasn't much of a hit. Connor took.
2: Yeah, well, he was tripped and fell on the ice, and really, as he said, he hit his mouth more than you know his actual head or anything like that. So, well, and that's the issue. And and, and you know, your old teammate Rob brought that up last night. And specific, think of a goaltender, eight minutes left in a tie game in a playoff game. Hits his head on the post, right? Puck goes off his head, right? <laughs> no, not a lot of coaches are going to want to be told to put their backup goalie in in the third period, right?
1: No, of course not. I mean, the the, the part that's interesting about this is, you know, with all the backdrop of what's going on with uh, concussions and the league and the liability part is, there's probably you, you know, because you read the papers, there's a lot of outcry from players that are saying this is wrong and this isn't right and this shouldn't be done. Uh, so, at what point does you know, do the players speak up and then does that somehow relinquish the liability that the league has? Cause basically, I mean, they flip it on the players and say, Hey, we're going to pull you guys out whenever there's any time. And if you guys don't like it, then you guys have to, you know, collectively vote or decide that, I mean, this isn't something you want to do, but at that point, you know, there's a burden shift to the players to be responsible for, you know, consequences. So it's kind of interesting what, uh, where this concussion spotter stuff could take if you start fast-forwarding.
2: Yeah, for sure, Brad. Do you mind staying on the line? Because I'd love to talk to you just about some of your time in the uh, in the NHL, and I think you're doing some work with analytics. Can you stick around for a few more minutes?
1: Yeah, no worries. We'd be happy to.
2: Right on. We're just going to put Brad on uh, hold there. More with Brad Warenka. It's Inside Sports on six thirty. Chet at six seventeen.
0: This is Colin McDavid. This is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. This is Benoit Puglia. Jordan Everly here. This is Mark Letestu. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers. Help bring Christmas to thousands of kids. Please support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous.
2: Oilers back at it tomorrow. Four games tonight. Bruins lead the Panthers 1-0 in the second period. Also in the second period, Senators 3, Penguins 2. Actually, all these games are in the second period. Sabres and Capitals tied 1-1, and Columbus leads Arizona 2-1. I'm Reed Wilkins. We have former Oilers defenseman Brad Warenka on the line as he uh, travels back with his son's midget AAA team uh, after going four and one at a tournament. Was it in Blaine? You said, Brad. Yes. Because they have a big high school hockey program there, don't they?
1: They have a huge high school hockey program. It's late uh, right from hockey to college to everything. It's uh, it's there's an awful lot of hockey going on in Minnesota. That's for sure, and very high quality hockey at that
2: too. What was the uh, what were the crowds like for the games? Uh, the crowds were
1: good. They have at the you know the Schwann Rinks there, so they have nine rinks going in one location. Oh so wow! There's <laughs> a, a huge congregation of players and scouts, and uh, so it's a great experience for the kids.
2: Right on. Well, Brad, we talked to you about uh, you know the unfortunate concussion issue that ended your career, but but I think people would be no uh, interested to know in in life after hockey for you. First of all, did you did you go into law for a while? Or are you are you still practicing law?
1: Uh, I did. I went to uh it was always uh you know, if you remember mine to go to law school and before my professional career took off and uh went back to law school and then practiced down state, downtown at a at a big firm in Calgary, McLeod Dixon, which is now North Rose for a number of years and then uh went off in a few business
2: directions. So what was more competitive, an NHL game or a day in the courtroom? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I it was it, in certain ways it was an awful lot like you know, professional sport because you're surrounded by people with exceptional intelligence. So, being around uh, people that are using their brain at the same kind of capacity that, that players are using their bodies is a, a lot more similar than you think. So, it was it was a great experience. I loved it.
2: All right, and and I uh, you know we were we were trying to connect this afternoon, and I, I, I know I found your name associated with uh, True Performance Hockey. Um, what what can you tell us about that? You guys are doing some analytics stuff.
1: Yeah, a few years ago, we looked at when there was a the big analytics push and some of the stuff we were looking at with Corsi and, and some of the other things and basically said that it was, you know, sadly lacking as far as the captured the resolution of the game. So we set out to design a system that would, you know, capture the details of the game. So we spent a, a couple of years of designing the system and then collecting data and the initial re- results of the pilot project were so strong and the correlation to Winning that our data had was so strong that we said, hey, we got to take a, a crack at this. So just recently we uh, formalized things and, and now we're setting out to uh, get involved and, and approach more uh, NHL teams. I guess ultimately we'd like to have 30 teams and then we have a, an amateur product that'll come out that'll give kids a little bit better idea on a play to play by play basis of exactly what they're contributing because you know the offensive stats capture I mean, geez, I think there's six or five and a half goals per game in every NHL game. So that's only, you know, five and a half events that happen in the game. So there's an awful lot more happening in the game uh, that players are contributing on that that captures exactly, you know, how good you are and where you need to improve. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been eye-opening, especially at the a pretty fascinating time where analytics is gaining so much traction. But, I mean, hockey is such a dynamic game and there's so much flow, uh, you know, even compared to a game like basketball where analytics have taken very hold. It's much more uh, complicated than basketball is. Maybe complicated is an unfair word, but different might be better.
2: Yeah, well, that's a good point. And, and you know, it's interesting reading. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I look on Twitter all the time, and you have – there's a lot of debate around Chris Russell, for example, and his contributions to the to the Oilers, depending on, on which side of it are, are you're on. I, I mean, it, it must be interesting for you as an ex-player, too, to, to look into those contributions. But do you feel – I mean, do you feel there's a lot of intel that teams have that, you know, the analytics bloggers and fans – I mean, I, I I, guess that's what I'm getting I at. Mean, I assume teams have taken the intel to another level that probably isn't publicly available. Is that fair?
1: Uh, yes and no. Yeah, Yes and no. I think that it's definitely making progress. Some teams are further ahead than others. Uh, but I think in, in different situations, you need people involved that, you know, are convinced. And then there's, there's other people that have taken it, accelerated it very quickly. And... You know, because I think that there's still a lot of there's still a lot of uh, misunderstanding of exactly how numbers can capture performance. And the problem is people are capturing uh, you know two-dimensional data where which basically means you're identifying uh, events that happen in the game, whether they be a block shot or a shot, and then they're counting the number of those and they're trying to decipher when that third dimensional component is, how important was the pass, how important was a block shot. You mean, or closing a passing lane. So I think that's a big component. So I always think about uh, we did a sample game from the years back in the Oilers' heyday when they were exceptional and uh, you'd be shocked at the defensive scores of Charlie Huddy and Randy Gregg and you know those guys that nobody talked about in the Stanley Cup years. So I mean obviously they had those guys that got all the press that were offensive uh, you know Hall of Famers but nobody had, I don't think anybody had an appreciation of exactly how good those defensive players that the Oilers had in their heyday that were providing the foundation, and without that foundation, it's pretty tough to have success at the NHL level.
2: Can I ask you, is there a player in today's game that's a bit of an analytics star like that?
1: Uh well, there's, you mean, there's several different. Chris Russell is one of those guys that you know scores very well because he does stuff that you know denies opportunities and takes chances away. And one of those obviously is uh, blocked shots. But geez, I'd be hesitant to say. Certain guys. There are a few sleepers out there, uh, defensemen that you know provide an awful lot more than people realize, and and part of that usually or often surrounds around the, or revolves around the fact that they just don't make that many mistakes. And if you get a defenseman that doesn't make that many mistakes, moves the puck well, he eats up minutes, and you know he he helps. I think those are the guys that can be very very underrated. But there's also forwards that do the same thing, so. It's a, a team is the sum of its parts, and if you can get as many of those parts that are contributing, in whether offensively or defensively, then you've got a way much better chance of, uh, of having success.
2: Yeah, that's fascinating stuff. Brett, uh, the only bad thing here is we've run out of time. I didn't even get to ask you about growing up in northern Alberta or the fact that you have an Olympic silver medal uh, on your resume as well. I, can, can we do this again sometime this season? Because there's plenty more I'd love to talk to you about.
1: Yeah, no worries, Reed. Thanks a lot, Brad. Thanks, Reid. Have a great night. You bet.
2: That is Brad Warenka checking in tonight. Awesome of him to share some of his personal experience with concussion issues. And he gave us his take on the uh, concussion spotter stuff. And, uh, yeah, he's delved into the world of analytics, too, and I think he's pretty pretty informed on that. We have open line time. We'll talk a little bit about the concussion spotter, where the Oilers are headed standings-wise as well. 780-496-0063. Text 630-630. <laughs> Serving Edmonton and making Christmas dreams
1: come true for more than 60 years, we are 6:30 Chad Santa's Anonymous.
2: Tomorrow, Oilers and Sabers will get going with the face-off show at 3:30. The game starts at five. Three-game road trip for the Oilers. They're 14-10-3 on the season. NHL tonight on your Crystal Glass scoreboard for Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, visit crystalglass.ca. Boston up 2-1 on the Panthers. Senators leading the Penguins 4-3. Sabres and Capitals 1-1. Blue Jackets up 2-1 on the Coyotes. All those games are in the second period. The Toronto Raptors tonight, showdown against Cleveland. The Raptors are up 56-53 late in the first half. Monday Night Football has Indianapolis at the New York Jets. Uh, the Raptors game, by the way, that's a good showdown. Raptors have won six in a row. They're 14-6. Cleveland, obviously, the defending champions. They are 13-5. and five. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. Montreal Canadiens forward Alex Galchenyuk out indefinitely with a lower body injury. He leads Montreal 23 points, 25 games. Jamie Crooks from the U of A Golden Bears has been named to the U Sports all-star team that will play the Canadian World Juniors Monday and Tuesday in Brosbriand, and. Quebec. Oil Kings, home tonight to Lethbridge. Game starts at 7. You can reach me, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. We were talking with Brad Warenka in the last half hour. Great to catch up with him. Now uh, involved in an an analytics company, so that was some interesting perspective as well. Uh, And it was interesting that we have some uh, local Oilers Analytics guys who uh, don't like Chris Russell and uh, Brad Warenka says that Chris Russell scores uh, very well on the stuff that his company uses. Anyway, and he talked about the concussion issues and then Brad's career was ended by concussions. You know, he says he looks back on that time in the '90s. Not as much was known. Probably times he had, he suffered a concussion didn't know about it till after. Took him three years to fully recover from from the final concussion. So he went through some tough times. The Big L. The Big L texting in. Hey Reid, the protocol thing is part liability and litigation prevention, part PR, part experiment, but it's also player safety appropriate and therefore a big part legitimate. Since it involved McDavid, it may very well attract the kind of attention the concussion topic deserves. The NHL is not a contact sport, it's a collision sport, and the players are big and fast and increasingly competitive on both the individual and team levels. It's a reality that has to be addressed. Maybe this helps. That is from the Big L. And here's how some key members of the Oilers reacted after last night's game starting with McDavid kind of
0: sucks because you know that's the rule you know you go down you hit your head you reach up and that's the rule they take you off the ice I guess so I I hit my head
3: or hit my mouth reach up grab my mouth and um, you know they took that as something that it wasn't and
0: um, you know I I guess that's the rule. and and, you know the guy uh, stick uh, stuck to the script and um, I don't write the rules. We we abide by them, um, you know. And, and
4: it's compounded when you have a five-on-three and you lose arguably
1: one of the best players in the world. And um, you know, for me, I understand and I get and I support the uh, you know the the attention that's being paid to head injuries and. Uh, you know it's just it's, sometimes it's the inconsistency that's a little bit frustrating. Brian Kessler went down the other day and he went down pretty hard and no one wants to see that even with an opponent but uh you know there wasn't a call from anywhere but it's
0: it's there for a reason, and uh we have to live with it It's interesting because he hits his mouth on the ice and uh, you know it's that's that's basically it, and he's covering his mouth because you know he's bleeding from the lip and you know. Uh, it wasn't really a hit to the head or anything like that. So pretty interesting to me that they would make a call like that. And, uh, you know, especially when we get a, another full power play and we lose our best player and uh, just the timing of it sucks. So I think it magnifies something like that even more.
2: So McDavid, McClellan, and Lucic commenting. And I, and I thought McClellan nailed it. And you can reach me, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I thought McClellan nailed it. It's, it's the inconsistency that could get to be a problem because Ryan Kessler when he got hit on, uh, on Saturday, I mean he looked a little looked a little woozy, it looked like he was a little bit in trouble on the ice. He goes off, comes back into the game. I, I mean I guess if the standard has to be there or, or if you're going to have a spotter there, the standard has to be incredibly high and incredibly consistent. I mean if if you're going to say any little thing could cause a concussion and and you don't want these you, you don't want lawsuits later on from now now like we're seeing from past athletes in hockey and football then if you're giving the spotter the league that power to take a guy out of the game if anything looks like it might be causing him discomfort then doesn't it have to happen every single time. Like, you can basically... What what the league is saying here is that they will never trust the team doctor. And I'm not saying that in, you know, a, that they're untrustworthy people or anything like that. But, I mean, if you're going to have this spotter with this much power, and, and he's, he has quite a bit of power, then doesn't he have to wield it pretty much all the time? But, I mean, well... Why? Why was Kessler allowed to keep playing? Why did two guys who allowed to who fought last night hit each other in the head? Why didn't they have to go do it? Now I, I know the some of the wording is that. Just want to find the exact wording here. A player who clutches his head or is slow to get up after his head hits the ice is one of the four signs that concussion spotters are looking for. That's according to the official NHL protocol. So basically, if you put your hand to your head, they're going to say, all right, you got to go out. So now, now what we're, what's going to happen, guys? Players are going to get hit in the head. They're going to feel maybe a little woozy, maybe a little hurt, and they're going to remind themselves, just don't clutch my head. Just try to skate to the bench normally, right? I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Catherine on the line. Catherine, thanks for calling.
3: Oh, hi. Th- thank you. I just wanted to say that uh, when he hit his chin on the ice, it, it, it's a false thing to say that that's not his head because it's very directly connected to his spine. So that's what you're going to be worried about. So I think it was a good call.
2: Yeah, well, fair enough. I'm not. I'm not debating. It's it's not a good call. I'm. I'm just. I, I'm just Catherine. I'm just wondering. Like I said, there was the Ryan Kessler play uh, against Anaheim on Saturday, and I'm just wondering. And I'm going to play a clip Rob Brown made on overtime open line last night. Is the NHL going to be this eager to enforce this if a goaltender takes a, a a shot to the head in Game Seven of a playoff series with five minutes left and the game is tied? Are they going to have right. you know the the brass to step up and tell a goal, uh, tell a coach, "Hey, you're putting your backup goalie in and it might cost you the season, but we have to enforce this protocol." Do you think the NHL is going to follow through with that?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're a little skeptical then. <laughs> <laughs> I can see what you're saying. I didn't see that game but uh, the other night, but I I agree. I see it's a difficult decision, but um, that's uh, a risk they
2: have to take, and I guess the lawyers will
3: be lining up with the <laughs> well, that's <laughs> on the f- player
2: side. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what the NHL is hoping to avoid. Catherine, thanks for listening tonight. Okay.
3: Okay. Thank you.
2: That's Bye. Catherine seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text six thirty six thirty. I just I just want to play what
0: Rob Brown had to say last night about the concussion spotter. It's needed. Uh, There's a number of lawsuits against the National Hockey League. There's been lawsuits settled in in the NFL down in the United States. Concussions are a major problem in sports, whether it be uh, professional sports, amateur sports, kids sports. So something has to be done. The National Hockey League is being proactive. By doing what they're doing, so I understand that. And on the play, I I watched the play and then I watched the play on replay twice of McDavid going down. And every time, I'm like, "Ooh, that hurt!" Uh, I mean, it, <laughs> he went. He, he wasn't able to get his hands up to protect his face and his. He went face first into the ice, more or less chin teeth first. So I can understand why they 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 pulled him out. Now, uh, could Kessler have been pulled up? I mean, he he was on the ice and had to be. Helped off. I mean, there was uh, an extended time he was out there, and it was a blow to the head. It was a, a brush to the head of, of I think, Lucic's body that did it. So could he have been pulled out? Yes. I don't think you can argue McDavid being pulled out. I can see you can argue other players being pulled out that haven't. Uh, the problem that you're going to get, and you and I talked about it uh, tonight, what if this was Game 7, Stanley Cup uh, playoffs, yeah, and pick all, the star play, whoever, player, whoever you whether want. Whether it's Crosby or Malkin or Taves or Kane or someone gets pulled off the ice. And all of a sudden, or a goalie. We, we, we saw Gus. So what, all of a sudden, you're, you're the L.A. Kings. You're in game seven. Jonathan Quick can't play the final eight minutes of a hockey game that's tied. So that's where you're going to get into to, to issues. Um, and I, I understand why they do it. I just hope it doesn't come into play and a team's... Uh, season ends because of someone sitting in the stands. I mean, it's a tough job for whoever's sitting in the stands. I'm glad I don't have to do it. Tonight on Connor McDavid, I thought it was the right thing to do.
2: All right, so that's Rob Brown weighing in last night on overtime open line. It's going to be interesting to see how this proceeds, how the players react to it, how teams and coaches react to it. I mean, you heard McClellan saying, we don't make the rules, we abide by them. And, I mean, you can't get upset when it's a player safety issue at least not publicly but, but they may wind up getting upset anyway depending on on the caliber of the player and and the time of the game that he misses and then if he turns out to be okay and clearly McDavid returned to the game last night Alright, we have Steve on the line as well Hi hey, Steve Hey, Rick A hey.
4: Um, couple of things on this uh, concussion protocol it's going to be a I think it's going to be a situation in flux. I mean, it's as new to the guys who are doing the viewing in New York as it is to the players that are experiencing it on the ice. Yeah,
2: fair enough.
4: And you know, I, I raise a, I think, a fairly valid point when that two hundred pound, a two hundred pound player sat on the back of Customs' head, and they didn't pull him off for concussion protocol <laughs> last night. I mean, he he got he, the goalie basically got run, and then had three guys pile on top of his head.
2: Oh the 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 overtime play. Yeah. Yeah that you're you're right. I mean when you start looking at all the plays where you could say something could have happened, where does it end, right?
4: Well exactly. And I mean honestly, I think what uh uh just to be very frank, hockey's a violent game and uh you could do a concussive protocol on just about every major hit you see on the ice. I think what you're gonna see is uh is a reaction to some obvious ones that uh, um, that the league's lawyers have said, look, we've got to start taking steps to try and protect these players because the coaches aren't going to pull them off. The coach controls the team doctor, and if the doctor tried to pull somebody off in Game 7 in overtime, the coach would tell him, forget it, I'm not right. letting you do it, right? Right, yeah. So anyway, the other question I wanted to ask you, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to answer, but I think it's the beginning of, of the league trying to do a better job of, of head damage long-term to players. Um, the second question I wanted to ask you was, I missed uh, part of your interview with Brad, mm-hmm. and I turned it on right when you said he got a silver medal in the Olympics. For what?
2: Oh, Brad Warenka? Yeah. He was on the uh, 94 hockey team. Oh,
4: really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know.
2: Yeah, I, I, I that reminded me once I was uh, going up reading about him today to get ready for the interview. Yeah, he was on the uh, 94 Lillehammer team that got silver. So there you go.
4: Fascinating. Anyway, yeah. great show. Thanks very much.
2: Have a good night. Yeah, good to hear from you, Steve. It's 648.00. 648- Thanks for calling in. You can text 630. Uh, 630. A little bit more on the Oilers. I just want to give you some perspective of where they are so far into the season. Oh, and don't forget Canadian basketball legend Steve Nash coming up as well.
0: This is Cam Talbot. This is Oscar Pelfam. This is Zach Kassian. This is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. Help bring Christmas to those who might otherwise go without. Please support 630 Shed Santa's Anonymous.
2: All right, Inside Sports on 630 chat. I just saw Patrick Maroon of the Oilers has uh, posted a, a little something on Twitter here. It's more than 140 characters. He took, a, like, a screen cap of, 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 of something. I don't, Kellen, last night, uh, I, I would have got the clip ready if I knew this was going to come up. He said it. He, he was talking about the concussion stuff and said it's a man's game. Remember he said that? I didn't take any offense to that. I didn't hear of anybody taking into any offense to it, but I just see Maroon has posted on his Twitter account, this is uh, Patrick Maroon saying this, First of all, I'm not a sexist by any accounts. I respect women and have the utmost respect to women hockey players. I was referring to the NHL when I stated it was a man's game, not hockey. The NHL. Second, for all the people who are calling me not smart, last time I checked I play hockey, not school. No degree needed here. You should try it. Third, the media quit taking this out of context. We're the reason you have this great job. Don't put words in my mouth. You knew damn well what I was referring to. That's from Patrick Maroon. I didn't Honestly, I, this is the first that I had even had an inclination that anybody was upset by that. But that's somebody that, to me, that's the uh, PC police going a little too far. I think he was, I mean, he, I, I, yeah, I mean, when he was saying it was a man's game, I don't think he was trying to put down women or be sexist, and he's clarifying that. Didn't think it needed clarification in this day and age, but... Uh, Apparently it does. Uh, 653 Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Thanks a lot for tuning in. You can text 630-630. Dan says, regarding the McDavid hit to the chin, when a boxer takes a hit to the chin, is he, she not at risk of a concussion? By the reaction to the listeners, the answer would be no. Something to think about. That's from Dan. Uh, GC says, what about soccer players? Are they going to pull them off every 20 minutes every time they head the ball? Oh, jeez. Uh, and this texter says, Hey, boys, at the end of the day, it's just a game. These guys have wives and kids to go home to. Imagine not being able to remember who they are. Not worth it. It's a safety issue. Just like wearing safety glasses to walk around the office, we just do it. Something to keep in mind. You can always eat with false teeth, but you will never read through a glass eye. That's one of our many texts coming in 630-630. Now 630, 630. our phone number is 780-496-0063. Okay. Just a little bit of context here on the Edmonton Oilers, Kellen. They're 14-10 and three. You were aware of that, I assume. Yes. By the way, what's your record in the games you've worked this season on, Ched? Uh, a stellar 12-5 and two. And what's Matthew? Uh, Two-five and one. Well, I think we know the issue here for the Oilers. Mm-hmm. If Matthew Penashick's working, that's it's not problem. a good night. You're the lucky charm. Yeah. Uh, the Oilers are 14-10 and three. Just some perspective here, and and Rob was making this point the other night, so I just got some more numbers around it. Because after they beat uh, Anaheim, we had some oh, up-and-down season. They're so inconsistent. And Rob said, well, where are they in the overall standings? I said, well, they're ninth overall. They're still ninth overall. So the Oilers may be up-and-down this season, but that means currently to this point in the year, there are 21 teams who have had more downs than the Oilers have had. Now, I know games played is different for everybody, but in general, uh, and just to give you a sense of how close it is, There are 10 points separating first overall and 23rd overall. First place team, Montreal, has 36. The 23rd place team has 26. The Oilers are right in the middle at 31. But just for some perspective right now, there are eight teams ahead of the Oilers and 21 behind them. Yes, they've been up and down. And yes, the standings are so congested. Things can change a lot from day to day. But... You know, I understand, and I'm just going to be Dr. Wilkins here for a second. I I understand many of you are experiencing the following symptoms. Enjoyment of hockey. Calmness. (laughs) Maybe staying up late to watch the ends of Oilers games that start late. Discussions with your friends about line combinations and defense pairings instead of who you want fired and who you want traded. You know what those are symptoms of? A normal hockey season. For for the first time in a long time, guys, you're experiencing a normal season. Team's got a decent record. Not first overall. Long way out of last. Yeah, maybe it could go either way, but they're hanging around. It's we've forgotten what it's like just to kind of have a normal hockey season. Few ups, few downs. You win in overtime. You lose in overtime. Okay, now you are going on the road, see what you can do. It's actually kind of nice. I think for a lot of you, it feels like an illness because it's so unusual. It's actually normal. You're going to be okay. Dr. Wilkins says so. And the prescription is more inside sports coming up after the news. We'll have a little more hockey talk and Canadian basketball legend Steve Nash. All ahead.